0: Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1932-1933 season. This is part three of our three-episode arc of Sherlock Holmes investigating um, Mr. X, the Mr. X mystery, I guess. And uh, last week we, of course, had Sherlock Holmes and a guest appearance by uh, King Kong, which is a lot of fun and interesting and different. Uh, this episode, unfortunately, even with the cleanup that the guys did over at Cobalt Club, is still in pretty bad shape. Um, it is what it is. At least we have it. So uh, enjoy it as much as you can. I will give a huge plus, though, to next week's episode, a little perk here for it, because... Uh, I know maybe you had, last week's was pretty good, but I'm sure you still had some trouble listening to it maybe. This week's you're going to have a lot of trouble listening to, probably, if you're picky about episode sound quality. i got to say, next week episode, while not perfect by any means, is the cleanest sounding of the old episodes we've ever played. It sounds like the equivalent, I guess I would say, of a fairly poor-sounding, uh, 19, what do we play, 1937-38 season. You know, that season sounded pretty clean. There's been some episodes that are questionable, and that's what this sounds like. Next week's episode from 32-33 season, which is our last one, I think, of the 32-33 season. Yes, it is. The last one of the 32-33 season will be, like I say, our clearest-sounding, pretty listenable, really, uh, And so look forward to that. Tune in next Saturday for that. Um, I think it's neat that I could bring you this really badly abridged season of the Jack Benny Show. Uh, Next season, there'll be a lot more episodes available, uh, but not until... Man, I looked at it just today. I think it's like December or maybe January of next year where they start... Really starting to pop up more often, but that's the way it is. Uh, this season, I think what do we bring you? Like four episodes or something? Well, let's see. We brought you three. Just we're gonna have one more next week. Like I say, this one's last week's. So three in a row here. But then before that, man, we had brought you two episodes or three or something for the entire season. It's just what is there. It would I would love it if they found some warehouse somewhere with all these old Jack Benny shows that we're missing. Having said that, though, I think you most of you will probably find, like I do, that these old episodes, even if they were in perfect, pristine quality, would be a little hard to get through in that um, the humor uh, doesn't hold up that well for today's audience. I don't feel as much as it does the Ed Boulogne and uh, Bill Morrow scripts, I think, hold up a lot better than these Harry Kahn early scripts do. Um, uh, Laura Leff was having a discussion about this and how uh, people would say these old episodes weren't any good um, and she her comment to that was and of course she's the president of the International Jack Benny Fan Club anyway her comment I thought was fairly, fairly well thought out she said that basically well for today's audience, yes, they they sound more dated, they're harder to get into. Unfortunately, on top of that, you have the bad sound quality. But at the time, even when Harry Kahn was the writer, and even in the early years, Jack was voted as the number one comedian on radio, uh, at least once. and uh, And so there had to be something there that was appealing to audiences at the time and that he was always very popular he was growing and growing in popularity each year even during this time frame because of course if he was that bad and people didn't like the show he wouldn't his, the show wouldn't have survived from 1932 up until 36 when uh, Phil Harris joins and and everything sort of changes and becomes Uh, far improved from our point of view in the modern age. But, um, you know, at the time, people loved it, and, and you need to compare. I mean, if you're comparing Jack Benny 1933 to Jack Benny 1936, you're sort of comparing apples and oranges because you need to compare him to his contemporaries. If you compare him to his contemporaries and you listen to, say, uh, the Ed Wynn show from the 33 season, um, who who Jack was comparing himself to uh, and often did in interviews and so forth, or any of the shows that were around back then, he was a really good show. I like listening to Jack's shows versus those other ones. You notice I don't bring us a lot of shows from 1933, 34, 35, I don't even bring as many shows from 36, 37, 38 other than Jack's because most of the other shows I don't think are that good. Most of the other shows, I think, kind of listened to Jack and Bob Hope, probably, and some of the others, uh, McGee and Molly, and started creating shows that were better in the 40s. So I think the 40s are a much uh, richer time for quality shows to to listen to that you that a modern audience will enjoy. But if I'm reaching back into the 30s, I pretty much, if I'm going to present shows that I think a lot of people are just going to listen to and enjoy, not out of nostalgia, but just out of quality of programming, uh, I've got to bring you, say, uh, Faber McGee and Molly, Jack, Bob Hope, uh, maybe um, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. What else? I mean,. Amos and Andy holds up for lots of people. I personally have have said before, I have trouble, you know, with Amos and Andy just in that the black stereotypes and that sort of thing makes it difficult for me, even though the shows are written very well and are very funny. Um, but there's just not a lot. And then all of a sudden you hit the 40s, and then there's just a ton of shows that you can listen to. So, anyway, I'm rambling now, so. So enjoy tonight's episode And we'll see you next time It's great to do another podcast It just seems like I haven't done much Lately for podcasts Or haven't had a chance to really Just let go and just talk and talk and talk And some of you love this Some of you hate this So there you go If you're a person who loves it, great person who hates it I hope you used a fast forward button a lot And got through me So see you later, bye The
1: Chevrolet program starring Jack Benny With Frank Black and his orchestra Frank Black opens the program with Roll Up the Cop. Your attention to that big, striking Chevrolet poster now on all the billboards. Every minute, someone buys a Chevrolet. Ladies and gentlemen, that statement is incorrect. Tonight I take pleasure in informing you that since the Chevrolet poster was prepared, Chevrolet sales have shown such an increase that instead of every minute someone buys a Chevrolet, it should be every 40 seconds someone buys a Chevrolet. Now that, mind you, is every 40 seconds, night and day. And here are the figures to back it up. During the month of May, Chevrolet dealers reported the sale of over 65,700 cars and trucks. That's 17,500 better than May 1932. 11,800 better than April of this year. Naturally, Chevrolet is grateful to the American public for making such a record possible. A record which exceeds by 1,000 cars a day the May production of any builder of automobiles. And everybody knows why. Chevrolet is the only car giving Fisher bodies no draft ventilation, fine performance, improved dependability, and unexcelled economy at prices as low as $445 FOB Flint. That's why today, more than ever before, Chevrolet is the world's largest builder of automobiles. And now, Jack Benny. Hello again. This is Jack Benny the Earth Galloper, coming to you with all the late news events. And tonight we have a big surprise for you. We are going to give you a full description of the smelling bear fight which was not broadcast last night. We have here our old film of the famous fight held at the Yankee Stadium where the New York Yankees play baseball while at home. Run the film, Hank. The, um, the liminaries are over and smelling and bear are now in the center of the ring taking their instructions. What a crowd, folks. 60,000 people and only 30 vacant seats. Primo Carnera walked in and the 30 seats are filled. Carnera sits down and 2,000 people behind him get up and go home. Ah, what a crowd. Here goes the bell for the first round. Smelling and Bear walk to the center of the ring. Bear looks confident and Smelling looks German. They are fiddling around for a minute and there they go. (laughs) Bear starts off with a hard right to Smelling's jaw. And bear counters with a hard right to Smelling Jaw. Ah, uh, what's this? Smelling sends a hard chin to Bear's right. Uh-uh. Ah, uh, Bear swings a wild right to Smelling Jaw, and Bear comes back with a wild, wild right to Smelling Jaw. <laughs> smelling Jaw seems surprised, as it didn't even know that Bear was in town. They are both mixing in the center of the ring as the round ends. Smelling's round and Howard training. The Chevrolet motor car is the finest. Round two. Both men step to the center of the ring and exchange blows. What a crowd at the Yankee Stadium. Sharkey is here sitting right over second base. Gene Tunney is also here sitting over first base. Bear sends a long left to Smelling, sending Sharkey to third and Tunney to second. <laughs> None out and Bear's still at bat. What a game. <laughs> In the outfield, we see Lefty Grove worming, warming up for Germany and Smelling still catching. As the bell rings, Ruth and Gehrig are seen walking through the dugout. And Howard Brady. The Chevrolet motor car is the most economical car in the world. Howard At the start of this round, Bear makes a mad rush at Smelling. The Smelling tosses a right to his nose, and Bear starts singing California, Here I Come. He sees Jimmy Melton become self conscious and lands a right to smelling temple. What a blow. Watch out, Bear. Four feet lower would have been a foul. Bear takes command again. He's much bigger than Moxie. What a mountain Bear is. Bear Mountain. Get it, folks? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was good. Uh, Smelling leads a uh, right. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Another another fight breaks out of the ringside. Another fight. Who is it? They tell me it's between a taxi driver and a tailor. Well, folks, now we have a doubleheader at the good old Yankee Stadium. The tailor lands the right to the taxi driver's jaw. Smelling blocks it and forces the left to the bear's chin. Bear sends a wicked right to the tailor, and the tailor sends a wicked note to his lawyer for a triple play. Lawyer to smelling to bear.
2: Ah, uh-huh,
1: what's this? Bear sends a dozen assorted rights to smelling jaw while we weren't looking. He sends another right to his head, a right to the heart, and a right to the liver. As there are no more places for Bear's right, he rings the bell, ending the third round. Now, the next six rounds were nip and tuck. Bear nips and smelling tuck. And as there was nothing outstanding in these six rounds, I'll tell you a story. Once upon a time, there were three little bears. Mama Bear, Papa Bear, and Maxie Bear. (laughs) They all lived in the woods. So one day, Poppy Bear said to Maxie Bear. (laughs) Round ten. Bear opens this round with a right to smelling beer and a left to the jaw. Smelling counters with a nasty look. Bear resents this and starts fouling. The referee warns Bear, Bear warns Smelling. Smelling warns Sharky, and Sharky leaves the stadium. Bear is now mad and sends another right to Smelling's jaw and a left to the head. They are now missing it. Right, left, right, left, right, left. Company, halt. Oh. What a parade. Bear looks at his watch, remembers he has a date, and there he goes, 14 Smelling to the rope. Ah, what a chance for a cigar program. He sends two rights and a left to Smelling's head, and Smelling goes down for the count of nine. One, two, three... Oh, Smalls and why don't you get Six, seven, eight. Are you hurt, Smelling? Nine. He gets up at the count of nine. But it's two weeks to carry on, and the referee steps in and announces Max Bear the winner, which is a surprise to everyone. Hey! Now Frank Black, who bet on Smelling, will try and play Somebody stole Gabriel's horn. Play, Frank. <laughs> For benefit of our new listeners, let me give you a brief synopsis of what happened. Mister X was found dead in his penthouse, and was discovered hanging in midair from a chandelier, dangling from a long rope. Mary, did you find out where the rope came from? Yes,
2: Jack.
1: We kind of gobble two lights. guess. Oh well, disregard that. Uh-huh. Uh, now, dim your lights, folks. Get ready for thrills, romance, adventure, and the boogeyman. <laughs> Not yet, mine, but I besides not feel anything. It's a mystery. Hey, Mr. Benny, when do we have to fix this thing? One mystery at a time, please. <laughs> Remember, folks, last week we took the page with him to Sir Raphone. Nothing happened. And if you take Sir Raphone in advance, we will have to give him another chance. And those of you who have given several clever way of talking to him, there is no mystery attached to it. It's plane, so. It was a soft-track lane, folks. It was always on the trail of a film. You'll have to talk to me while I put on my notes. Now, I'm Sir Raphone, you know. Now I will return to the things, do nothing to the things. Ah, sweet mystery of life. It has nothing to do with art. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
3: sweet mystery of life. At last I found thee. Ah. Of it all the all longing, seeking, striving, waiting, yearning, the burning hope, the joy and the tears. At all, all it is love and love alone. The world is. can the answer is the end of living, for if love alone that rules for
1: Take you again to the study of Sherlock Holmes, who is working out the new clues and books for a speedy arrest of the murderer of Mr. X. The home of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Good night, and the motor is still on unsolved. That seems to be the trouble, sir. I never saw your act like this before. Very mysterious case. Very mysterious, Watson. Mm-hmm. Very mysterious. Watson, I must sing. Bring me my piano. The finance company took me the raise this money mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Then give me my violin. Ah, it's no use. no use, Watson. I will never learn so waltz the ball. Then why
2: don't
1: you try Rochester, Albany? Albany, fine. How does it go? Albany. Why i take Albany. Boston. Awesome. Boston, an idea, an idea just struck me. An idea just struck me. You couldn't loan me $10, did you? Well, like you're wonderful. How did you get it? I felt it. Mm-hmm. Is anybody here? Was there anybody here to see me today? Yes, please tell us. What's their name? Sir Arthur, Cohen, and Doyle. Mm, very good, Boston. You better let me get a laugh, or you won't be on the program next week. Yeah. That's hell. That's hellimentary, fella. Hello, hello. This is Owens in Boston in You want to speak to Mister Owens? Wait, I'll connect you with the bathtub. I'm not taking a bath, Mary. Well, you should be. Here, it's for you. Who is it? Mister X, He wants to know how you're doing with his case. Give me that phone, Rex. Yes, yes. We'll find the man who murdered you. Just keep your shirt on. Yes, yes. you'll get a report. What's the address? Hmm. Mm, all right. Goodbye. Go down to the address, Mary. Box 32, Evergreen Cemetery. See, he lives right next door to my great grandfather. Uh huh. Mary, see what it is. Be on your toes, box. Uh, who do you wish to
3: see, sir?
1: Mr. Holmes. I've got some news, sir. Let him. him in. Well, young man, what can I do to you? I have a clue to the murder of Mr. X. You have a clue, eh? Who are you? I'm a stool fishing. Oh, a stool picking, eh? Sit down. Mary, get him a stool. Here you are. Uh, Mr. Mary, lock the door. Close the window and pull down the blind. Mm. Mm. Now tell me, who do you think killed Mr. X? Well, give me five dollars and I'll. All I know. Mm, for five dollars, eh? Mary, have you certainly uh, not. Boston? No. Mm-hmm. How much you uh, how much do you want to sell all? Five dollars. Here's 50 cents. Just give me a rough idea. Well, you're a new customer. I'll take it. Now, what's your clue to the murder of Mr. X? Well, I saw a fellow flying over the penthouse less than a week ago. He looked very suspicious. He was flying over 200 miles an hour, and he didn't stop until he got to Oslo, Norway. Oslo, Norway. Mm-hmm. Yes, and when he turned around and saw me looking, he left quickly for Moscow. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Go on. Go and on. as soon as I got to Moscow, he left for side period. How did you keep up with him? Don't tell anybody. A Chevrolet. Watson, a Chevrolet. Mary. A Chevrolet. It was a Chevrolet, Chevrolet folks. The most dependable car in the low pipe field. And now, Mr. Fisher, your face looks very familiar. What did you do before you became a student? Ah, uh, you. I thought so. I thought so. Now, tell me one more thing. Did you get the name of this aviator? Yes. His name is Jimmy Matter. No oh, matter, Nate. Eh? Boston, put down that salami. Get me my aeroplane. There's no time to lose. We'll follow him to the ends of the world. But Rick Ferlot, how did you figure he could have killed Mr. Edge by flying over the penthouse? Well, I'll tell you, Boston. All those aviators carry sandwiches. Now he may have had a three-decker sandwich and dropped it. And that would kill anybody. Fellows, but there. Boston, you're smelling. Get the airplane. <laughs> Here we are, Sir All we got is a tri motor plane. What's a tri motor plane,
2: Jack? A plane
1: with four motors. Boston, spin the propeller. Ah, oh, Boston, you've got her in great shape. What is that? The left wing fell off. <laughs> Do we need it? Yes, I'll have to fix it. I've got a safety him. Not yet. That's in the next scene. I'm oh, only Come on, come on, let's go. Get in, Boston. Are you coming along, Mary? Are we going up in the air? Yes. Oh wait, till I get my airbag. Never mind that. Get in. All right, all right, get ready. Careful, Mary. Be
2: careful, Happy landing. I found it. Thank <laughs> you.
1: Three hours later, Sherlock wounds and Watson are Still on the trail of the murderer of Mr. X. How fast are we going, Martin? 600 miles an hour. 600 miles, and I'm only in seconds. we are certainly going fast. What country is this, we're professor? England. What country? You're too late, France. Look, Stella, somebody left a tackling on the ground. That's nothing, it's the Eiffel Tower. Well, your telephone. Hallelujah. You're a bomb. I'm afraid we're running out of gas. Don't worry. I just put a quarter in the meter. Good work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, look. Look, we're crossing the Russian border. So quick. Remember, this is a half hour program. Look, look up. Look, there's another aeroplane. You're right, Sherlock. Maybe that's the man we want. Get closer. Hello.
2: Hello, there. I'll see you, folks. <laughs> what
1: are you doing in Russia? I need two more men for my orchestra.
2: <laughs> Hello, Frank.
1: See you when we get back. <laughs> are you all right, Mary? Back there? Yes, Charlie. See, this is certainly a wonderful night for flying. Look how bright the moon is. Hello, Ronnie, Charlie. Want us come down sometime. Come <laughs> Fella, there's another plane ahead of us. What plane? That one straight in front of us. That's a mosquito on your nose. Oh, I was wondering why it bit me. Watson, put down that cloud. What are you doing with that cloud in your hand? the silver lining. Isn't that another plane ahead of us? She's right, fella. Yes, sir. Do you see it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That might be our man, Jimmy Matter. I pull up alongside him. Hello? Hello? Are you Jimmy Matter? No, I'm Jimmy Nelson. Well, that's fair enough. You kill Mr. X? No, you asked me that last week. Pardon me. Bucket. Bucket is getting off the parking now. Yes, sir. Let's be careful.
2: I'm afraid. I'm afraid to go further. I see we can get a turn back. Don't bother. It's foggy on this side too.
1: There's a storm coming up, and the fog is getting worse. You're right. You're right, Boston. I can't see five feet ahead of heaven. Who killed Mr.... Uh, Never mind that. I've got my own problems. Oops, oh, what was that? The other one dropped off. You see, folks, this couldn't happen in the Chevrolet. As it is states, dependable, and does everything but fly. We're in terrible danger. Boston, button, I can't control the stick. Oh, there goes the propeller. How are we on gas? The tank is dry. Well, good night, folks. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we will continue our list Who killed Mr. X? And what happened to Holmes, Botson, and Mary? And Smelly. Right, Botson, play Frank. (laughs)
2: cry Remember your head or do And remember that you still have no more you for fall your fallen your need to for something There are just as many sweet hearts novellas cry But you on leeding
1: position. Ladies and gentlemen, it's off to a grand and glorious start. Everybody's excited about it, talking about it, planning and figuring how and when to go. And nearly every person who's been to Chicago comes back with the same enthusiastic story. Chevrolet has stolen the whole show. That perfectly amazing world fair factory of Chevrolet in which cars are built right before your eyes is a fascinating sight. It's the highest of all the high spots in three miles and a half of thrills. Now, here's a tip, my friends, on how to get to the World's Fair, the easiest way, the coolest way, and by far the cheapest way. Drive in a Chevrolet, America's most economical car. You can travel all day long, and based on average gasoline cost throughout the country, four people in a Chevrolet can cover over 200 miles, For less than 40 cents a piece. Yes, you'll not only have a cooler, more restful, more enjoyable trip in the Chevrolet, but you'll have more money left to spend at the fair when you get there. On to Chicago, America. On to the world's fair, the most economical way. In that big, thrifty, dependable six, Chevrolet. Mary singing, it's great to be alive. And don't forget to listen in next Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and follow our thrilling mystery, Who Killed Mr. X? Come on, Mary, I'll take you home now. I'm
2: sorry, Jack, I have a date tonight.
1: With whom? (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, he'll find out. (laughs) Good night, folks.
2: Come on, Shannon.
1: In the park is from the gold diggers of 1933, and it's great to be alive is from Strightly Pink. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
2: W E A S, New York.